It's another Sunday night in comedy, and tonight we're returning to the Belle Provence, baby, to the streets of Montreal. From the return of a hit live gala show to the world of bilingual stand-up, what does happen in Canada's funniest city when it's not festival season? I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go inside the joke. Keep driving until you see a lot of statues and fountains. Yeah. And flags. And it's right flags. there. Honey? And it's cash only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to an all new Inside Jokes right here on the Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, streaming coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. I've got my producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. Vince, we are going back to certainly one of your favorite towns. I know that. The streets of Montreal. We're going to find out, uh, you know, what what does happen, in, you know, because we most of us Anglophone listeners and most Canadians outside of Quebec, when we think of Montreal, yes, we immediately think comedy. But of course, we think summertime. We think just for laughs. We think zoo fest. We think festival season, which swallows up the whole city. It's like comedy Mardi Gras. But what does happen in Montreal? Because it is such a comedy factory. What's the Montreal scene like the rest of the time when it's not festival season? What's the local flavor? What sets Montreal comedy apart? And of course, there is that sort of balancing thing between anglophone comedy and the montreal scene and of course this big juggernaut of quebec industry because they do you know we've said it a million times on this show before vince quebec really does have its own sort of self-contained star system they have their own showbiz out there yeah i love how you said that montreal is my favorite city and then immediately went to the streets of montreal which are my least favorite part of that city Can't make a run in a rat. There's orange cones everywhere. There's a big, massive pothole coming up. No forewarning. Everything's just like, uh, Good just, luck finding an address. You just like bagels and strippers. That's really what's... That's what first comes to mind, paper. not comedy. Comedy is like the 12th thing on my mind. After food and women and alcohol yeah. and cigar lounges. And not that I'm an average smoker, but... Shaved yes, meat and... That's known for comedy. <laughs> Montreal is definitely known for comedy. We got, we got some heavy hitters on the show today from Montreal, yeah. which I... Uh, you know, one of them is an old friend of the show and one of them is the first time on the show, but making big waves at a monthly showcase that's happening in beautiful St. Leonard. Which, by the way, Vince, now that, uh, now, that, now that we're getting into it, I think that's what we should have called this week's show because we're highlighting a side of Montreal that we don't normally see outside of festival season. That's what we should have called it. Just shaved meat and strippers. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're checking in. So a little later on in the show, this will be a lot of fun. We've never had him on. We have a very notorious Quebec headliner, Pentalis, on the show later on. Very much not does not pull punches on stage. Very much oh. an unpredictable character. So I'm excited to have him on. Uh, we're also checking in with Johnny Fiasci and... Uh, some of our friends over at Snob Media, it's been a few months since we've seen what they're up to. I know they have this big live show returning to the yep. uh, the comedy lounge there at Leonardo da Vinci. So we're going to check in on all that. Checking in first with our old buddy Gianni. It's been a couple of months. Of course, you are one of the masterminds behind Snob Media out there. Sort of, I would say, the Montreal equivalent to our friends out in Vancouver at Comedy Here Often. That's sort of what you guys remind me of. Uh, you're always, you're producing podcasts, you're producing live shows, which thankfully is a thing you're allowed to do again. 
in Montreal and everywhere else. But you guys always have something new that you're pumping out there. And I, I do want to get into, Gianni, what this upcoming show is all about and the return of this. Um, but you're doing this, so it is a bilingual comedy gala that you do at the Comedy Lounge. That's uh, correct. And uh, yeah, bilingual, French, English, uh, mostly English, but I like to throw in. It's probably, St. Leonard's probably one of the only places uh, in the city where you can actually have a bilingual show where people will be like, okay, I get it, you know? You can actually have a won't. trilingual show. You can do a yeah. tri, yeah. You, you can, can do, do an Italian. Italian. You could, For those you who could. don't know, St. Leonard is like our Woodbridge, essentially. It's a suburb of Montreal, which the Italian community resides. There is a huge yeah. Italian-Canadian comedy scene out there. I mean, you've you've been on those panels covering that on this show before, Gianni. But uh, we yeah. should mention, too, you were originally supposed to be joined by one of your partners in crime. I don't know what ha happened to him. Yeah. But hype man, hype man Steve. Is not hyping up. Was supposed to be here bringing the hype. I did want. To, I was originally going to ask Steve this, but mm. he's not here, so we'll ask you this. What is what is exactly? Because I know he's at the live shows with you as well, and he's part yeah. of the part of the brains behind Snob Media with you as well. What is what does a hype man do exactly? In That's that a story? great question. Um, uh, I don't know. But not plugged no. <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not cancel last minute. But uh, no, uh, actually, what happened is when we started this, uh, the Comedy Lounge in 2018, he, I, I, I think like a few days before the show, it was going to be my first time on stage performing comedy. And uh, I said, hey, um, I need someone to introduce me. Will you do it? And this guy, Hype Man Steve, it, it's, it's totally out of his comfort zone. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, I'm like, do this, but I want you to do it like this. So I'm like, you have to hype everyone up and all that. And he had no idea what he was doing. Neither, neither did I, but um, it worked out. And ever since 2018, he's just part of the show. He does like a two minute intro, explains to everyone what the show is, what's going to happen when I come on stage. Cause we give, we do like giveaways and things. Right. And, um, and he, and he throws in a zinger here and there and makes fun of me. And cause he has a lot of dirt on me and, uh, and yeah. And then that just became, part of the show it's just that's how it starts i i i don't do those shows without him because he is the hype man but he's not here today so and johnny do you give him like a big clock to wear around his neck with sunglasses and a crown no, the last show that we did the last show that we did in july uh which was the biggest show in the east end at the time yeah uh, since the pandemic was 250 people i had it was the weekend that italy was in the euro for the oh. final so I had him walk on stage with the Italian flag. There and you the, go. It went, the but, place went crazy. By the way, Johnny, I want to step in and, and, and help you guys out here. Vince, that is a very uh, negative perception of Quebec comedy that it is completely, you know, prop based. <laughs> no, yeah. No, he doesn't have just this episode. There's too many people in English Canada listening to this episode that are going to go, yeah, I know French comedy. It's, uh, you know, somebody pops out from behind a rose bush and there's some slide whistle playing. It's so much. They have a half naked woman walk across the yeah. street. The husband looks. <laughs> it's not all hand jazz hands and somebody going, oh, secour. You know, there's so much more to it. But Johnny, actually, this is what I'm curious because, I mean, yeah, you guys, you did build this snob media brand, your podcast, yeah. you're putting out digital content, you're doing these big live shows in which thankfully like i said thankfully this these shows are coming back and you you know it's been a hit response the whole time you've been you've been doing this thing for you how much of an overlap is there in those worlds i mean montreal is interesting because you have this sort of intersection of 
you have just Canadian comedy. It is one of the great hubs in Canadian comedy, of course, not just for the festival, but in general, it's a comedy town. But you also do have, it is in the center of this sort of Quebec entertainment industry and this sort of star system that Quebec has, which obviously is very rooted in French comedy because they're doing, you know, it's all about their own culture and doing their own thing. And there is also this huge Italian-Canadian comedy scene out there. So for you, how much of your shows sort of meet at the middle of all these things? Is there a lot of overlap there? That was a long question. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) What's the basis? We need Hype Man man with his air horn, and he's not here. What's the basis of this question? Um, No, but but, uh, I I know you're asking. The thing is, um, I'm trying to step away from that. I don't want to say stereotype, but I want, I'm, I'm stepping away. I don't always have like Italian Canadian headliners or Italian Canadians on the show. Yeah. Um, just because w- the St. Leonard area is so used to that, that I want to like, I want to open up something else. That's totally different. That's why like this time around, we have Pantelis who's headlining, who's actually been on the show before, uh, but as a featured act. And I just want to, I don't want it to be like, oh, we have that Italian Canadian comic again, coming to the same jokes again, yeah. you know? So I want to, I meet in the way that, um, you know, it's, it's weird. Like sometimes um, I'll have a headliner, but the French Canadian act is a lot stronger than the headliner. And I'll have right. comics come to me like headliners at the end of the show come to me. Like I, uh, you know, he was better than I was. You know, or something like that. Connect with just, the crowd better. Yeah, so it really just depends. But I mean, the crowd, like I said earlier, the crowd is it's built so that even if there are, let's say, two strong French acts, the majority of the rest are English. Yeah, they're not going to complain that oh, I don't understand what they're saying. It's just where they know they're sitting there. They know it. They don't care. Like I. I can introduce someone in French and they'll be like, oh, that's a, even if no one read the poster, because it says it's bilingual, if no one read it, they still, they wouldn't complain. They'd just be like, oh. This right, is... they would just roll with it. It'd be part yeah, of Yeah, the... this is Montreal. So they're yeah. like, yeah, that's cool. Well, and I think a lot of, you know, a lot of our listeners, a lot of audience in, in you know, English Canada, and sure, certainly if you go out to like the West Coast and stuff, I think a lot of people have this perception that, you know, Quebec comedy and French comedy is this isolated thing and they only play to their own audiences. And exactly. And it's so not true. I mean, you look no. at comics like Derek Sagan, Mike Ward, who are, yeah, they're megastars in Quebec, of course, and they're performing in French and English and all that, mm-hmm. but they're also huge across the country. I mean, Montreal's interesting in that for the for the rest of Canada in comedy, you really only make kind of a name by doing, you know, the network shows and by hitting the road and touring and all that stuff. I love putting on these shows. I love putting on these shows. It's I, I don't, yeah, there's no one that really does that. Uh, bilingual galas. So. Well, and that's the thing we're going to, we are, and we have Pintelis coming up too, but we we're, we are going to get into more about what this show is all about, what the spirit mm-hmm. of this show and how it all started. And uh, yeah, because most people think of Montreal, they think obviously the big juggernaut, they think JFL. And right. I think a lot of people the re- across Canada, even though we know so many great standups come from Montreal, I think a lot of people just think that somehow Montreal only exists during the summer. <laughs> Yeah, and there's the festivals and Zoo Fest and all that, and then it just kind of shuts down, and that's it. But there's so we much do nothing else. Yeah, they do nothing else. Yeah. But it's producers like you and and guys like you at Snob Media doing this stuff. That's really that's the Montreal scene. The rest of the time, that's really the scene. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna come back with more Gianni 
Snob Media, Pantelis coming up, and, you know, in honor of Hype Man Steve, we'll be back with more Inside Jokes. Hey guys, it's Pantelis, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Let's be honest, there's nothing else worth doing in Toronto. It's a garbage city, so listen to this show, get your laughs. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and of course streaming coast to coast, Canada wide and in fact North America wide on the Global News Radio Network, including Quebec. I am your host, Fat Crippled Dean Young. We are back with Snob Media. We've got Gianni on the line. We, we you know, in memory of Hype Man Steve. Be well, wherever you are, Hype Man Steve. And of course, the moment we've all been waiting for on the panel, we have headliner Pantelis, headliner, podcaster with multiple shows, a man who courts controversy and word of mouth. How about that? We have Pantelis on the air. How are you doing, man? I'm good. That's a good description. Yeah, definitely courting right? controversy. Yeah. Well, here's what I love. And I mean, yeah, we're going to get into, of course, what this what this showcase, this show is all about and the return of live shows in Montreal. I mean, like the rest of the country, of course, you guys all went on pause as well last year and a lot of things had to slowly crawl their way back. So it is great to see these shows, these sort of indie juggernauts come back and live comedy come back. One thing I wanted to pick, I'll pick both your brains on this, but Pantelis, I'm sure you have a thing or two to say about this. I feel like before the pandemic, we were getting into this weird corner in comedy, not all of it, but we're in this weird place where there was a lot of sort of policing going on. There was and it was a lot of comics policing each other and going, oh, you can't talk about that and safe spaces and yeah. everything felt like a TED talk and all this. Do you think after the amount of nonsense that's gone on in the world in the last year and a half, do you think there really is going to be this sort of return to form where audiences really desperately just want to go out and hear comics talk about things that nobody else can talk about again and be able to laugh at real stuff again, like an actual return to raw comedy again? It never left. Here's the thing. It's always existed. It's just you hear this hype around people being sensitive and getting mad. These aren't even sensitive people. The people that get mad, even comedians that get mad at other comedians, it's never a good comedian policing yeah, yeah. another comedian. It's always a garbage comedian policing someone that's successful. And what they're mad at is not even the joke. They're mad that the joke is getting laughs. And yeah. they don't know how they're able to do it. That's all it is. And same thing now. It, you're going to have crowd members that go to shows purposely to be angry. It, it, it's not an actual representation of the majority of people that like comedy. It is true. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I mean, right now, this week, the current example is, yeah, the new Chappelle special came out and people are going, oh, you yeah, can't talk about this. It was but hilarious. Then love and it, it was poignant. Right? Great, and man. isn't that like, aren't we, I think the one thing that's happening is like you say, it's a lot of the times it's comics doing this and it's not career comics. It's brand new up up and coming you know people who want to have something to gripe about and want to sort of make their voice heard because of social media and all that stuff but i mean at the end of, isn't that what good comedy is supposed to be isn't it supposed yep. to make us talk about stuff that normally we don't yeah and also the goal is always supposed to be laughter yes, you can't yeah. tell me that people weren't laughing in the audience you can't tell me that the majority of people who saw it we have the uh, critic review scores right the critic review scores are low and all of the actual fan um people who watched the special are high. Those reviews are high, meaning the people who actually watched it with the intent to laugh took it for what it was, a comedy special. 
Yeah. And the people that wanted to find something wrong with it, whether it was a word, a topic, they blasted it, but they don't matter. In the end, they don't matter. I'm not, no comedian is writing jokes or performing for the critic at the newspaper. We don't care about that. We care about the people that are in the actual audience. That's all we care about. Yeah. And I think we, you know, people forget audiences are, audiences are smart. If, if, if it's working, that's still the same test it always was. If 90% of the room is laughing, there you go. That bit works. That's it. You don't worry about the one table that didn't like it or whatever it is. It's like, if it, if it lands, it lands. I mean, that's what else are we judging things on? That's what it should have been this entire time. And I think we got to this place where it's almost like people forgot that. Yeah. In good comedy, you can talk about stuff that's going on in the world and these big sort of sensitive topics, whatever it is. But the goal is still to make people laugh at that stuff. Cause that's yeah. sort of what takes the sting out of it. We got into this weird place where everything felt like, I don't want to go to a comedy club to watch a 90 minute university lecture, <laughs> you know? Well, that's the other thing. The second you just want to be someone that receives applause and you, you want uh, people to clap at how smart your new take on society is, it stops being comedy. Our, our goal it's the word is comedy. We're supposed to make people laugh. We're supposed to find triggers. In, we're supposed to trigger laughter in you, happiness. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to make you change who you're going to vote for or anything like that. It's, it's absurd to think that people expect us. They expect something from us that they don't expect from actual politicians. Yeah. And they even with Chappelle now, the weird thing, uh, I got into argument with a comedian backstage who was telling me over the weekend, well, you know, if he's talking about certain segments of society, like there's there's an elite class of people now that we cannot talk, the untouchables, right? If that if if your favorite comedian talks about it on stage, that's like a call to action for you to commit violence again. One of the most ridiculous arguments I've ever heard in my life, because by that same logic, are some of the highest grossing and most critically acclaimed films have been about mobsters, where you're right. identifying yeah. the hero, the anti-hero is normally the mobster, the murderer. Have we had an uptake in people saying, you know what? I love Tony Soprano. That's why I shot that guy in the head. No, that is to think that people are so stupid is, is a crazy <laughs> argument. It's, it's invalid. And yet, whenever comedy is involved, they somehow say that we're going to trigger something, uh, make people become violent. What they used to say about video games. It's just, it's so stupid. It really is. It's like putting this sort of, you're, you're forcing your own moral superiority onto something. And as a scapegoat, you're pretending that audiences are that dumb, Yeah, you know, and, and they really, they really aren't. And I mean, yeah, it's on TV. It's the age of the anti-hero and all that stuff. That's what the comedian always was. The comedian is the person that goes up there, says stuff that the rest of us are maybe only thinking and takes some of the most fearful, untouchable things and shows us what's funny about that. I mean, that's so important. And it's, it's a cliche to say, oh, that's more important now than ever. Certainly is very important right now, though. I mean, we've just all slogged through a year and a half of complete dog, <laughs> you know. But that's it. Yeah. What's the point now of arguing over nonsense? Just let's just laugh together. Which, by the way, I want to put and, and I mean, Pentel, so you kind of hit on something as well that I think certainly here in Toronto, we have this and I'm sure you do in Montreal as well, because it's another one of those hubs in Canada where, you know, you have your clubs, you have your venues, you have your own distinct flavor. We have this sort of thing that happens in Canadian comedy. Like here in Toronto, we got places like, you know, comedy bar, bad dog, whatever it is. So you get these rooms that happen where comics only play those rooms and they only play. So you're playing to the same audience every week and that audience is built for you. And that's, you are comfortable in there. And it's, they agree with all of your opinions and that's it. 
as soon as you leave that room and hit the open road or play to another different kind of crowd, it's like, oh man, I have no idea what to do. And isn't that what's so important for comics is to get out there and you have to play to crowds that aren't necessarily your fan base. A hundred percent. And not just that, you can't make actual money. You can't have a career if you're just playing that one club every week. So you need to learn to adapt to read the room, um, to be comfortable, comfortable enough with yourself that you could make fun of topics that you believe in. There's a lot of stuff on stage that I, uh, topics that I love, things that I'm passionate about that I will still ridicule on stage because it's so funny. There's, there are no sacred cows when, when you're performing standup. You got to make fun of yourself of everything. There really shouldn't be. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, there's almost this hesitancy where people go, well, I can't, oh, I can't, I can't touch that. I can't touch that. Why can't you? As long as you're approaching it from, if the bit's funny, the bit's funny. If the writing's good, the writing's good. If the delivery's good, you know, and again, if it's not audiences, they're going to let you know, you yeah, know, they're, they're the best judge. You'll know right away. <laughs> you'll know right away. I mean, it's not, it doesn't mean you're not supposed to touch that stuff. It means, do you know, do you know why you're touching that stuff? Are you, are you, is it funny? Are you approaching it from the right way? Because if you're just some brand new open micer and you go up and you go, I'm going to be the edgiest, I'm the next Bill Burr, and I'm just going to say a bunch of offensive things and really push people's buttons. Okay, well, you're that means you're going to bomb, though. You see that at open mics, <laughs> and that's the excuse is I'm the next this, and it'll be just some guy who his punchline is the end bomb. But yeah. he thinks the shock is what makes people excited and laugh, but that's not it. Everyone who sees it is like, what? there's no point. That is good. And Bill Burr isn't dropping N-bombs either. The, that's there, right. there are ways to broach race, politics, religion, and make it funny without you being an imbecile. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we good comedy is, you know, yeah, we laugh at stuff that we kind of know in the back of our heads, like, oh, I can't believe I'm laughing at this. But yeah. then it makes you think and it makes you talk, you know? That's good comedy right there. So, but I mean, the flip, yeah, comics the flip like, side well, to that, The flip side to that argument is some people get into it not to be comedians. They want to be clickbait. Yes. yes. Yeah, for sure. And, and then, of course, now and more then based on those, however many clicks they get, a popularity ensues and they have a name for themselves over something that just constantly is offending people. I mean, Chappelle and the Chappelle special, uh, uh, the, or we're talking about the closure here, uh, as much as it is, and you guys said it right. He tried out his material crowd after crowd after crowd. Yeah. If it's not working, it's not making it in the special. So whatever Dave Chappelle, I mean, as much as he does hit the open road and test out material, he's Dave Chappelle. What he wants to say on stage is going to make it into a comedy special. Yeah, um, it didn't happen by and, accident. And, yeah. and it's going to, all of his fans are going to love it. Unless you were the two white women in the second or third row. I don't know if anybody saw this. I saw yes. those two. And yes, nice yes. Poignant shot of those two robust women who are not having any of it. Um, but anything so you that know, more power to, me, to them. You know huh? what I like about those two? You know what? You know why they were still the perfect audience member? Because even though they were unhappy with some of the stuff he was saying, they weren't heckling, they yeah. weren't screaming, they weren't ruining for other people who got tickets. They were just like, "All right, this isn't for me," which is how normal human beings should react. And and yeah. exactly, and that's it. And then the reviews come out, and people didn't see it as comedy. They wanted to start drama versus comedy, right. and they want to make themselves clickbait. And then boom, Dave Chappelle's already in hot water. I mean, oh, he's not in hot water. I'll tell you that much. He's, uh, <laughs> he's he couldn't care less, and he's not cancelable. Although Dave Chappelle, you can't. How are you going to cancel him? He's not on a network. He finished his deal with Netflix. He already got paid. He does everything he wants. He's still going to sell yeah. whatever, whether it's a theater, or a stadium. It's people are going to go. He does whatever he wants. He's not on social media. You can't cancel him. You'll know when he's canceled. He'll be doing this show. That's yeah. when Dave Chappelle is going to be. He's, That's he's right. cancelable. 
That's our invite from Dave Chappelle. If you're listening, come to Inside Joke. It really is true. I mean, it's, if you found out, like, you know, Dave Chappelle eats children, eats live children. Like, he never did anything bad in his life. This is the people are talking about material wow, that he did. Bad. And there's still yeah. 90% of the crowd that was into it. And then, like Vince said, I mean, it's not like he accidentally went up there and riffed and went, oh, I wonder if this will work. Like, yeah. this is honed. This is part of his special. He knows exactly what he's doing and why. All the time. Uh, I want to ask you both as well, because yes, because this show, it is a bilingual show. Is there really, I mean, most Canadian audiences outside of, you know, Toronto, Vancouver, I mean, you get these scenes here where audiences are kind of, they're used to stand up and they're sort of savvy to it and all that. For the most part though, when you hit the road in Canadian comedy, it's a lot of people who are just very polite and gracious. It's it's kind of a stereotype, but it's really people that just kind of come up to you after the show and go, it's always thank you for coming to your town like you're spending time with them thank you for coming here and then of course do you know russell peters that's the only two things <laughs> i want to come back from break though i want to is there i'm curious is there really a difference in sensibilities between those french canadian audiences and the anglo audiences because i mean we don't really have there are i perform in both english and french there's a huge yeah. difference yeah. Is there one that, like, do you think the, because I know here in Toronto, we have certain crowds where they expect more. Is there, are Quebec audiences more tough, would you think? Like, is no, it more the, like the a French so audiences much? are warmer. They're warmer. They, they give everything. Laughter, claps, they're into it. And they're way harder to offend. They have a different sensibility about how this is comedy. This is stand-up. I get the art form. I yeah. know what they're trying to do. They're not thinking in the back of their head, wait, is that word? Is he allowed to say that word? They don't, they don't overthink it that way. That's the culture in Montreal, bro. This is an yeah, event. Bro, this is an event. This is a big night. You know, there's, it's like this big celebration. It's, it, there's sort of so much more to it. I mean, even the, I mean, you look at JFL in Montreal, it's like Mardi Gras swallows up the whole city. Yeah. Toronto, it's like, uh, you might not know what's happening unless you see the thing on the subway. That's it. But, you know, there it's like, it's everything's a celebration. Uh, all right, we're going to come back with more inside jokes, more of our panel right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is Johnny for Snob Media on Inside Jokes. Really hoping you'll hire me at some point. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you stay six feet away from everyone you know and love. And also brought to you by Ivermectin. Again. Not a not a needle, not a fan of the needles. No problem. Ivermectin is for you, horse dewormers. Uh, we are talking live comedy in Montreal. We, of course, have the return of the comedy lounge. We got Gianni from Snob Media and, of course, the one and only Pantelis on the line. Yeah, we were talking about before. Oh, and we should give a shout out again. Hype Man Steve. <laughs> Couldn't join us. Had us. Rest in peace, Hype Man Steve. Vowels. <laughs> So Hype Man Steve couldn't bring the hype. No. We've got plenty of hype going on anyways. You know? Yeah. It was the victim of a gang-related shooting. Yeah, you could call him. That makes total sense. Makes perfect sense. You could call him Absentee Steve from now on. (laughs) There we go. Gianni, you're bringing your own hype from now on, man. I'm bringing my own hype. You are now two-thirds of snob media. How about that? Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Just more stuff on my shoulders. 
exactly but what we were, I mean. uh, we were talking about how, yeah, in Quebec, there is this thing to live comedy shows where audiences, you know, it, it everything really does feel like an event. It's a, it's a one night event. It's a celebration. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. I mean, here in, not that we don't have that in English Canada and, and in, you know, Toronto and Vancouver, but you know, it's kind of like a lot of the shows are kind of like, it's 90 minutes of a crowd comes out. You got to prove them something and that's it. I feel like in, in Montreal and in Quebec, audiences come out and it's like, there's this sort of joy to it. There's this celebration. There's joie de vivre, you guys. That's why we put that in the in the show this week. Yeah, that's, no our, that's our hype right there. Uh, but of course, this. So we are talking about the next upcoming comedy lounge show, The Return of the Live. So, Gianna, how how did this whole show sort of come together? Because, yeah, it is really the only bilingual showcase of its kind out there. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. In 2018, the uh, Leonardo da Vinci Center uh, approached me because I had worked with them for another event. And they said, oh, we want to put together comedy shows. I'm like, OK, um, I I'm, was you know, a journalist for JFL and all that. So I so I kind of asked around how I should go about it. And I did. And then just it became they wanted to do an open mic type thing. But I was like, I don't want to do an open mic. So then I kind of started doing like these galas in uh, one of the rooms at the center and uh, yeah. And then COVID, we were doing one pretty much once a month. Pantelis had been on one uh, in 2019. Um, and and then we just kept going and going. Then the pandemic hit, kind of stopped it. Did a half <laughs> show in September of 2020, which <laughs> nice. logistically which logistically was not, you know, fun. Yeah. With the distancing and all that, but. Um, yeah, that's how you and, plug right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then uh, this past summer in July, uh, they they asked me if I wanted to put one together again. I said sure, but I'll, I'll do it in the in the theater in the bigger room. And uh, at the time, the government was allowing two fifty, um, like as capacity. So uh, so we did that. It friggin' sold out in like two and a half weeks. And uh, and then I said, you know, we gotta do it again. So here we are with Pantelis, the legend himself. I wouldn't go that far. But I'll be there. <laughs> but I well, mean, that's it's the a, thing. It, it, with Pantelis, yeah. it's just kind of like you you book him, and then he sh- shows up, and there's a full theater. But, yeah. <laughs> but for you, like building this show, yeah. we've talked to other you know independent producers and promoters on the on the air lots of times over the years, of course. But as a comic as well, it's such a different animal, man. I mean, trying to sell that thing out and waiting that hour before the show where you're watching people file in and trying to watch those seats yeah. fill up. i can't think of a worse feeling especially now with the with the passports and people are hesitant yes. some people it's because they don't have the passport they don't want to get it or which i i get to it's it's a i 100 i understand the argument and yeah. other people who are also scared they're like you know what i'm not ready to be around other humans yet mm-hmm. you have to deal with things we never had to deal with a few years ago totally true and i mean it puts this sort of weird added pressure on a, an industry that was already sort of just barely scraping along <laughs> during yeah. all this anyways. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, we can produce shows again. We can have audiences again. Oh, but now you have to ask for this and they have to show you this. And it's, then you're going to get angry people who, who act like it's you that came up with this rule, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I, often. yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the, that, that's the new thing. Like, it's just the, the, the passport thing is a, I had to hire people to, to scan the passports. Like the venue will not, like they won't be like no we won't use our people you have to hire your own people to do that yeah so I had to do that yeah it's i don't know and uh and and then and then but but you you were saying that the the, the people trickling in to the venue for me it's a high i love seeing the seats getting filled like I, i'm standing behind this the curtain and i'm like okay yeah yeah more people 
There's more people now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Look, we're and then it could be like eight fifteen. We're like fifteen minutes past the like the time on the ticket. I'll be like, okay, we'll start now. Now we'll start. Yeah. It's full, you know. Yeah. So like. It's just for me. It's a high. I don't know. I, I love. Uh, yeah, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. When it's empty, it's, it's not a how story. it's supposed to. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> when you're looking at the room and it, oh, this isn't happening. That's when. Uh, yeah, it's like where's everyone? It's eight fifteen. I know Italians are late, but Jesus. You know? <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Trust me. <laughs> but it is interesting too, because I mean, yeah, with the whole snob media thing, you kind of, you know, you've built sort of your own infrastructure here. It's like, yeah, we could do these live shows. We could promote the stuff on the stuff we're doing on digital. It's you sort of have built this whole audience and built built this whole thing, which I wanted to get into. I mean, Pantelis, you've got two of these under your belt. Why did, why do you think podcasting did become such an essential thing for comedians? It became this platform that's totally married to the life of stand-up comics. Yeah. Well, I've been doing it for uh, 11 years this month. Uh, when I started, no one was taking it seriously. They didn't understand the concept of podcasting. They didn't get it. There's right. it, like a weird radio thing for 12 people to listen to online. It doesn't, Internet radio is what people were thinking. It didn't really make sense in the beginning until Rogan really blew up and all that stuff started to happen. Uh, I think it's married to comedians because the way it used to work was, you, let's say in Canada, you get passed at a club, you'll start headlining there, then you got to take the show on the road, you'll go somewhere else. Hopefully somebody spoke about you unless you've been on TV, which there's not that much TV available in Canada for you to be on. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like you need, you need a lot of people that you don't know and receive a lot of comedians to give you the thumbs up for you to make a career. Whereas now we've taken the power completely away from everyone. You have a podcast, they see your point of view, they see your humor, they see whether they like you or not directly. Yeah. You could go to any city, you rent out your own theater, bar, whatever you want, sell your own tickets directly. You don't need a middleman anymore, it's done. So you just keep working straight through. Obviously it's not the same with all this going on, but still you had that sort of that whole structure in place. And I think that's where we're going to see a lot of this going. Uh, all right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back with more, find out what's coming up at the next Comedy Lounge show and what these guys have been up to. We'll be back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right. Hey, my name is Nasi Mahairu and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you by Hakeem Optical, helping you read Twitter, Twitter troll comments. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. I'm having a stroke on the air now. That's the last <laughs> thing to happen this year, Vince. That's it. Uh, we, of course, have another comedy lounge show coming up in Montreal. We're going to get to that. Uh, before the break, we were touching on podcasting and how that sort of, you know, it's become this sort of self-controlled career platform for comics as well. Pantelis, do you think part of that too is like, I mean, for you, obviously when you're on stage and when you're touring and you're performing, you're a more dialed up version of yourself. Of course, every comic is right. I mean, you're yeah. riding that energy and you are a more extreme version of yourself. Do you think part of it too, is that comics on podcasts, you're still playing to that same audience. You still are. It's still very much a fit with who you are. But do you think it's because you get to be sort of this more just organic, stripped down version of yourself? Because you aren't you're not doing material. You're just you're talking to your audience. That's it. Well, you know, what people um, kind of like and connect to they they feel when someone is messing with them, when they're playing a role or when they're honest. 
So the thing is with podcasts, because they're long form interviews, they're long form conversations, it's very hard for someone to fake who they are. You could tell. And the phonies kind of get pushed out early. And then other people, people really connect. They're like, yeah, I get, I get what this guy, I get what this girl's saying. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be perfect. I understand the person. I like the person. And that's why I'm going to follow. I'm going to support because I enjoy this. With little clips, you can fake it. You could be someone completely different. You can't do that with, with long form interviews. You're going to get caught. True enough. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's one fair. Thing that, that we also don't give audiences credit for enough is that they could, yeah, they could smell when somebody's not being genuine. Oh yeah, they could. They, they're not stupid. Yeah. It's like that. That the, that fat comes off the bone right away. Uh, I love this though, man. I can talk about this stuff all day with you guys. I do want to get around to uh, when the next show is coming up and how people can find that. So Johnny, who's like, who's some of the lineup? Where can we see this show? What's happening, man? Well, the lineup uh, does feature uh, Pantelis. So course, that's uh, yeah. that's good. <laughs> Smart move. Yeah, uh, Pantelis is headlining. We've got um, Jacob Ospian, uh, who Pantelis knows. He's a good friend of ours. He's hilarious. Reginald uh, Saint Eloi. Uh, he brings a bit of the you know the Haitian flavor, you know. And um, Alexandre Bizayon, uh, who's a really hilarious uh, French comic um, here. Uh, and Eva Alexo, another Greek. Yes. We have two Greeks on the bill. Yeah, so we had it on the show not too long ago, actually. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you did uh, the I'm, show. She was, our, uh, she was on the show not too long ago. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm hosting, and of course, Hype Man Steve, if he decides to show up. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Hype Man Steve! Hype Man yeah. Steve is alive! Yeah. Oh, my it's, God. Uh, yeah, October 22nd at the Leonardo da Vinci Center. So, and where Johnny, let me break it down. Tickets, Leonardo da Vinci Center on the outskirts of Montreal, like the, the Italian era, which we discussed. The, the actual theater itself has three rooms. Uh, the building, yes. The, the, building, the theater, been, well, the, yeah, yeah, the building has, you're in the largest one. Correct. Yes. So your capacity for ten, the show will be roughly? We're doing uh, 300. Nice. nice. Yeah. I'm not in charge of Italian-Canadian relations, but I guarantee you there are more than three rooms in that building. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Uh, it's, the in the Italian, it's in the Italian part of uh, Montreal, so folks at home, if you want to go to the show, just... Uh, Keep driving until you see a lot of statues and fountains. Yeah. And flags. And it's, right flags. Yeah. it's right there. It's right there. Where do we get to And it's cash only. Yeah. Cash only. <laughs> um, you get tickets uh, at eventbrite.ca or uh, DM me on Snob Media. There we go. Uh, I'll put the link on my website so it could be easy too, Jane. Just send me the link. I'll yeah, what a great we'll guy. The, we'll tag you a bunch of links as well. There we go. October 22nd. Don't October miss it. 22nd. Beautiful yes, lineup. And of course... Pantelis is headlining. So that right there is your price of admission, baby. Pantelis, uh, where can we find some of your stuff? Get your podcasts online, all that good stuff, man. Easiest way, because there's so many, just go to panteliscomedy.com. One word, everything is there. Every podcast, Two Drink Minimum, myself and Mike Ward have the best English language podcast in this country. Uh, and the other thing I could promote, I guess, is if you guys want to see world record breaking stuff next year, July 22nd, I just for laughs, if you speak French, the largest live podcast is going to take place at the Bell Center that fits 20,000 people. Oh, wow. Mike Ward Suzakut is going to be there. Yeah, it, already he broke the uh, biggest live podcast record. It's going to be broken once it starts in the 22nd. But if we continue selling tickets like this, he's going to have the largest live event uh, in North America, which is going to beat the UFC that took place in the Bell Center. So wow. if you're bilingual, if you speak French, that's definitely uh, worth the price of admission. Tickets are not that expensive. Uh, and you could get, again, centrebrag.com to get those tickets. 
That's what that is that right there, though. I mean, I know because I know you've done Kumia, you've done Joe Rogan, all that stuff. But I mean, you've had huge success with both of these podcasts that you do. But that right there, man, that points to how much of a huge thing this has been in the comedy world. I mean, to be filling up the Bell Center and do, you know, to have live podcasts be part of festivals. 10 years ago, this was just this weird sort of ham radio thing that comics were doing out of their base, you know, just sort of testing the waters. And when it's Mike started crazy. his French podcast, no one took it seriously here, and it's become a cultural phenomenon. There we go. I love it. Don't forget, check out this show October 22nd. Go check out all the things happening with Snob Media and, of course, Pantelis Comedy. Listen to those podcasts. Check out this killer lineup. It's back. It's live in Montreal. That is our show. Thank you guys both so much. And also, Thank you. you know, shout out to Hype Man Steve. We're glad to hear you. Hype Man Steve! <laughs> That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning on Global News Online. We will be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx features Pentalis. We all have friends that we've never met in real life on Facebook. This is not true. Yes, it is. Yeah. I have this one guy, we're going to call him Tim, because that's his name. <laughs> So Tim was one of those guys who would always write depressing statuses. My life sucks. It's very shit out here in the world. And one day he wrote something that was essentially a suicide note about how his life was shit and he was gonna end it. And there was a series of comments of people saying, no, don't do it, Tim. You got too much to live for. And one like. <laughs> Obviously it was me. But people see this, it's like, holy shit, who liked this status? They see the name, they see it's me, they start sending me messages. You're an a Tim's going through a lot. Why would you do this? So I replied to one of these people, and I was honest, I said, look, I don't know Tim. But I read through that status, he made some pretty compelling arguments. I don't know if I'm ever gonna get a chance to support Tim in the future. This might be the last chance I got. Like. He didn't kill himself. He still writes stupid every day.